What's happening, Life Church Global? I'm so privileged. It's such a privilege for me uh, and an honor to bring God's Word uh, to you today. I believe uh, that as you receive God's Word today, that you will experience the provision of freedom that truth brings. You know, the Bible says that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's not about hearing the truth. It's about knowing the truth that sets you free. It's about knowing. It's about having firsthand knowledge. It's about having firsthand experience of truth that really sets you free. And I really believe that as you're hearing God's Word today and as you open your heart out um, to receiving the Word of God, uh, the truth of God's Word, Man, I really believe that the truth is setting you free. I can see people being set free from depression, people being set free from uh, heaviness. I see people being set free from the from the bondage of sickness, sin and disease in your life. I see the, 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 the chains of, of habits being broken over people's life as you position yourself to hear truth. It's not just another message, you're hearing truth communicating to you today. And I really believe that you are going to experience freedom like you've never experienced freedom before. So Get Ready Church is going to be an awesome, awesome word. So the title of my message today, most of you have already seen it on the, uh, on the thumbnail of our, of our service, but I want to tell you uh, that, the, that the title of my message today is Divine Persuasion. Okay, Divine Persuasion. And I'll get to the title in a little bit. Uh, most of us would agree uh, with me when I say we've had one of the most unique year or year and a half or this season has been one of the most unique seasons of our lifetime. Nobody prepared us, us for it. We didn't go to school or college or university or mom and dad. Nobody told us that this is what you do when a pandemic hits. <laughs> no, no one told us this is how you do church when, when the pandemic hits. As difficult as this season may have been, as challenging as it may have been, as traumatic as it may have been, I really believe that as children of God, God is giving us an opportunity to mature into the Hoya sons. We Maturity begins when we have the right perspective about who God is and what He says to us or what He's saying to us over what our circumstance is and what our circumstance is telling us. When we have the right perspective and we make the right choice, I really believe that no matter what is happening around you, you are positioned to mature as the sons of God, to mature as the children of God. See, God of all of creation, not God of all of creation, but all of creation is longing for the manifestation of the sons of God. These are, these are sons, these are children of God who have matured into sonship. But you mature into sonship, not when you go to church only, not when you come for life experience only, or go to life groups only, or give your tithe and your offering only. These are not, these are not, uh, methods in which we mature. But when God matures His children in the way that He allows circumstances and situations to come into the world and He allows you to make a choice according to the perspective that you have on the inside of you. So if your perspective is that you have a high value for who God is in your life and 
what his word is and it is the truth over what the circumstances communicates to you and what the identity of the circumstance is now you're positioned to mature as a son of God and I believe that that you mature as a son of God when you choose that no matter what is happening around you you are not going to allow that circumstance the identity of that circumstance to reveal itself to you neither the outcome that it's prophesying see we, we must understand that when a circumstance or a situation presents itself in your life it comes to you and it reveals itself it doesn't, it's not in hiding. The pandemic did not just stay in hiding. It came and it revealed its identity to you. It revealed who, it's, who it is to you. But also at the same time, it prophesies what it would do to you. It gives you a word. People are going to die. Oh, people over 60 years old are going to be affected and, and all of that kind of stuff. It comes in, prophesies, gives you a word. And now you as a child of God, you're positioned now to make a choice based on a perspective. What is your perspective of God in this season? What is your perspective of His Word and what God has been prophesying to us before time began? Because the choice that you make will cause you to either suffer or endure suffering. The choice that you make according to your perspective that you have, will you will either embrace suffering or you will endure suffering. See, maturity is, is revealed or we, we become mature sons when we endure suffering, not when we go through suffering. There's a difference, ladies and gentlemen. Suffering, when we look at circumstances and situations, when we believe its identity and what is prophesying to us, what it's going to do to us, now what, what, what that circumstances doing or saying is come on the inside of us and now what is on the outside begins to happen on the inside and now there's a an entire you're in chaos now you've literally entered into the storm and you've become a part of the storm and now the outcome whatever the circumstance decides about you and for you is what will happen to you and that is when you go through suffering but when you choose the perspective of God when you choose to embrace who God is in your life. When you have a personal relationship with Him, when you know Him, when you've heard His Word, you've received His Word and you've allowed His Word to enter into your heart and you, no matter what is happening around you, you endure suffering, no matter what is happening. The, the grace of God enables you to endure suffering now when the season gets over, when the test has passed, when the circumstances, situation is defeated in your life, now you step out as mature sons who have matured in the authority and the power, that the same power that Jesus ex experienced when He came out of the wilderness. This is very important for us in this season, uh, church, because a lot of Christians have been suffering in this season. And it's been a difficult season. It's been a long season and people are suffering their traumatic experiences. But the reason why they're suffering is somehow, somewhere, they've believed what the pandemic revealed about itself and what it would do. Somewhere, somehow, you believed the identity of cancer and what cancer was going to do to your body. You believed what diabetes, who, who diabetes is and what diabetes has said it will do to your body. And you've somehow, you've shifted, you've, you've allowed your perspective to shift from who God is and what He says 
to what the identity of the circumstance and situation is and what it's prophesying into your life. And we can either choose to suffer and go through suffering and really pay a price with our life or we can endure suffering by the grace of God and come out of that storm, come out of that circumstance, come out of that wilderness experience full with the Holy Spirit, anointed with power, doing miracle signs and wonders just like Jesus did. We have a choice. We have a choice, church. We have a choice. Jesus makes a phenomenal statement in John chapter 14. And He says, Hey guys, this is John's version of the Bible. Hey guys, I'm not going to speak with you any longer because He's going to the cross and He's saying, I'm not going to speak with you any longer because the prince of this world is coming. But He has nothing in me. That's a, that's a profound statement for Jesus to make. The prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. In John chapter 17, when Jesus is praying for, for his disciples, he says, Father, I pray that you do not take them out of the world. Keep them in the world. But I ask you to keep them safe from the evil one. What is he trying to say? If you look at the scriptures really carefully, if you look into the into the, 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 the look through the lens, the perspective of Jesus, Jesus is saying, "Hey, listen, I need these guys here. I'm coming to you, Father, but I need these guys here, and I need them to be safe from the evil one." But you, this is the prayer of Jesus, and God can answer this prayer. But you can make a choice to give in to the word of the enemy, the circumstance or situation reveals its identity and gives you a word. But God does exactly the same thing. He reveals His identity to you and He gives you a promise. And you're as a child of God, the guardian of this galaxy, the one who is responsible to usher in a pandemic or not. God has put us here so that we can make a choice on behalf of heaven to either usher heaven or hell on the earth. God has made promises to you and He's revealed Himself through His Word. He's revealed Himself through songs, through movies, through preaching week after week. He reveals Himself only so that you can every day make a choice to usher heaven in on the earth by welcoming, by knowing this God and by believing His Word. And so Jesus in John chapter 17 says something very unique. He says, Father, I pray that you don't take them out of the world. This is very, very Strange, you know, because a lot of us have heard the, uh, the gospel message that Jesus wants to save you and take you to heaven. But actually in the gospels, Jesus is saying, Father, keep them. Keep them here. Because we need them here. And Jesus, is, His prayer is, Father, keep them here, but keep them safe from the evil one. Why? Because there is an evil one that, is, that roars like a, like a lion without teeth in his mouth, of course. He roars like a lion, but He reveals Himself like a lion and He prophesies what He's going to do to us. But we have a choice. 
I'm not saying that the evil one is the opposite of God, but he tries to give us that impression. And for a long time, the church has actually believed that the evil one is opposite of God and he's against God. No, ladies and gentlemen, you must understand that God is God. He's supreme. He is sovereign. There is nothing, there is no evil spirit that can even be compared to him and to his power. And we have a choice now to look and believe creation or the creator. And who we are, Jesus is saying, hey, listen, God, keep them here, but keep them safe from the evil one. And in John chapter 14, Jesus is, is about to go to the cross and he makes a statement. He tells his disciples, he's like, hey guys, I am about to go to the cross. I'm paraphrasing it completely. I'm about to go to the cross, but right now I'm going to stop speaking to you because the evil one is coming. The prince of this world is coming. See, Jesus says, keep them in the world. But then he says, the prince of this world is coming, but he cannot find anything of himself in me. I have a question for you today. If the, the prince of this world has to come to you, what is he going to find in you? If Jesus comes to the world today, what is he going to find in you? Jesus, um, in Luke chapter 8 and verse 18, there, there's this story where he's talking about uh, this persistent widow. And he goes on to make an absolutely profound statement to the world, to his church, to his bride, to, to all of creation. He's making the statement and he's saying this, when the Son of Man comes to the earth, will he find faith? When the Son of Man comes to the earth, will He find faith? You know, our church really loves the presence of God. We love God's presence. We, we sing songs about the presence. We, we, we say, God, Spirit and the Bride say come. So we sing Spirit and the Bride say come. We pray the presence. God, I love your presence. I want to have an encounter with your presence. Ladies and gentlemen, when the presence does come, what does the presence find in you? That's the question that I want to present to you today. If you were to do a, a, a search into your heart, if you were to look at your lifestyle, if Jesus comes into the, to you right now and He looks at your life, what is He going to find? Is He going to find more of the world in you or is He going to find more of Himself in you? Because He's looking for faith. He's looking for people who believe His Word, people who have stood the test of time. People who have, who have overcome circumstances and situations, overcome negative prophetic words, overcome betrayal, overcome hurt, overcome uh, unforgiveness, overcome all these storms in our life and have, have come out the other side with power, with authority, with dominion, are doing some awesome stuff only because they choose to believe in the Word of God. They believe who God is for who He says He is and every promise that God has made. We hold on to that promise and we walk around in church, we step in church, we step in worship and we say, God, you can come at any time and look into my heart. You can come at any time. You can wake me up in the middle of the night and ask me what is happening in my heart and you will only hear your voice. You will only hear your voice. You will only see Christ in me, the hope of glory. We've got to come into realizing that you are more important 
than you consider yourself to be. You are more valuable to the kingdom of God than just allowing yourself to be wasted away in this world. We think that sitting down and, and, and please don't get me wrong when, I, when I'm saying this, I'm not saying alcohol is good or bad, cigarettes are good or bad, that's between God and you. But I want, I'm just using it as an example. We make a choice to be so absolutely drunk, numbskull, like absolutely drunk out of our mind that we can't make godly choices. We watch, binge watch so much of TV that we have so much of TV running through our mind that we have, we have no place for the Word of God. I don't have time to read the Bible. Pastor, I don't have time to come to church. I don't have time to go for life group. I don't have time for do this. I'm so busy. My goodness. If you were to only look at the quality of your busyness, will God find Himself in you? Will God see faith in you? Will God come to you when He when we say, God, I love your presence. When the presence loves to come next to you, what is He going to find full of the world? What prayers is He going to answer in you? What word is He going to answer? What questions is He going to answer on the inside of you? Is the world talking to God or is His word talking to God? Is lust and pornography and, and all these things, is this on the inside of your heart? that is communicating to God or is the Word of God, Jesus Himself, on the inside of you communicating to God? See, God answers God's prayers that you pray. See, there's a, there's a beautiful verse in, the, in Psalm 37 uh, that, that says, and I've been really, I've been having encounters with God only because of this one verse. And I wanna, I wanna share this verse with you. It's a key. And it says, Psalm 37, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of His heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. It's positional. And He will give you the desires of your heart. So I, I was like, yes, man, come on. I'm going to get the breakthrough. I'm going to heal some people. I'm going to get some, you know, pray for miracles, for signs and wonders. And, and we're going to, money's going to come in and this digital miracles and, and all of that stuff. And wow, angels are going to, I'm going to have encounters and all that kind of stuff. And really God was willing to do all of that. But there was a question in my heart. Every desire in my heart pointed to me. Every desire in my heart revealed to me that I was selfish. Even me saying, oh God, I want, I want to be anointed. I want to be anointed. I want to do miracles. I want to do signs and wonders. There's nothing, no harm in it, ladies and gentlemen. God wants you to do all these things more than you actually desire. But what is the desire in your heart? And I had to repent and I had to come back to the foundation of really, Lord, you are the desire in my heart. That's where it begins. I delight myself in the Lord, which means I'm so grateful, God. I delight in what you've done for me. God, I'm so grateful that you died on the cross. God, I'm so grateful that you made me righteous. God, I'm so grateful that the heavens are open to me. God, I'm so grateful for the provision. I'm so grateful for my wife. You just go into this place of, of 
You can actually get blissed out with joy just being grateful for what God has done in your life to a point where now He becomes the desire of your heart. Not what He does, but who He is. And when who He is becomes the desire of your heart, ladies and gentlemen, that's the desire that He wants to give. But the question is, what is in your heart? What is in your heart? Do you need another job? Your job will run after the Lord. Do you need another business? Do you need a salary increase? All of these things pursue the Lord. I would love for you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 8 um, and we'll read from verse 5. It's a beautiful story um, about the Roman centurion. And it says this, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, this is amazing. Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. If we could create a value system around this, this is phenomenal. This will change your life. But only speak the word. Only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to this one, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, the ones who are following him, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Wow. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. He's talking about the Gentiles. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Wow, he's talking about the sons. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same day hour. Wow, say amen somebody. This is a powerful story. So a Roman centurion is a, is a guy who is a Gentile. He is very high up in the Roman uh, army and everybody in, uh, in Israel was occupied and was being colonized by Rome. And so the responsibility of, of centurions was to ensure that the colonization happens. As it is in Rome, it shall be everywhere that Rome goes. And so now, this centurion now, he's breaking his own value system. Romans had their own gods. And he broke, he, he, he broke through the barriers of his own religion. So Jesus, you must understand now, Jesus is not responding to religion. He's not responding to traditions. He's not responding to cultures. He's responding to faith. So you can be a Muslim, you can be a Hindu, you can be a Buddhist, you can be a Sikh, you can be a seeker. Whatever you it is that you want to be, whatever it is your, your religion is, if you choose to believe in Jesus, if you have faith in Jesus, Jesus will answer you when you call on His name. I want to break this barrier that, that people from other faiths cannot communicate to Jesus. Everybody else from other religions can talk to Jesus. All of you are children of God. And you have full access to Jesus. And you have full access to His mirac miraculous power. But you need to call on His name.
You can't depend on somebody else. You need to go to Him. So I want to encourage you, whatever religion, whatever format you may be following, you may be new age, old age, in the middle age, whatever it is that your age is, you can communicate to God in whatever language you want and He will answer your prayer. That's a prophetic word for somebody right now. And so now, He comes to Jesus breaking protocol and He says, pleading, a Roman centurion does not plead with Israelites. And he comes to Jesus and he pleads with Jesus and, and Jesus, you know, has compassion on the guy and he says, okay, cool, I'll come with you, man. This is John's version of the Bible. I'll come with you, man. And, uh, but the, the guy stops Jesus. This is a phenomenal value. If you only listen with an open heart, you will know what I'm saying. He's saying, Jesus, your presence under my roof is not needed because your word is as powerful as your presence. His faith was so strong that he said, God, I don't need your presence to come from heaven to earth. Although God's presence is here on the earth, okay? He said, God, I am not worthy. My house is not worthy for your presence. You see, he was not righteous. Your, his house is not worthy for God's presence, but your word is. He said, I am a man under authority, which means he is a centurion who is under authority, which means he has somebody over him. Jesus has somebody over him. Who is over Jesus? Is his father. So which means Jesus saying, I only do what I see my father doing. I only say what I hear my father saying communicates to you that Jesus is a man or was a man under authority. And so the centurion comes now and he says, hey, even I, I understand what it means, but somehow this sickness doesn't seem to listen to my authority. But I, I've heard that you have healed people. Come on now. See, he did not have somebody preaching to him. He did not go to church, ladies and gentlemen. But he possibly heard, somebody possibly heard a testimony on Life Church Global. Somebody heard a prophecy from someone. Someone heard an encouragement from somebody and he received the word. And that word on the inside of him drew him to the Savior. And he said, God, I understand that your word in me has done something to me and it will do something to my servant who's sick at home. If you can only speak the word, that sickness will leave my servant. Come on, ladies and gentlemen, you've got to understand how the kingdom of God functions. We don't need to cry for 12 hours. God, let your presence come. Let your presence come. Wow, whoa, shake, rattle, roll, do all of that kind of stuff. We choose the word. We're a culture, a value system or have a high value system of the Word of God. God, your Word is enough. God, just speak your Word. Your Word is more than enough for me. I, have, I, have, I will put my faith in your Word. You give me a promise, God, and I'll put my faith in your Word. And I will hold on to your Word no matter what is happening in my life. I know you and I believe your Word. See, this is children of God. This is our lifestyle. He demonstrated faith more than Christians or Jews. A Gentile demonstrated faith, great faith, more than the sons of Israel. You must understand, Israel has seen the works of God. They've seen, they've had the cloud by day, five and nine. They came out of so many, um, you know, prisons. They came out of so many captivities. Oh my God, every 70 years they were in captivity. I mean, it was absolutely chaotic for their life only because they kept running after other gods. 
and they've seen the hand of God. I mean, how many miracles have you seen in your life? How many miracles have you experienced in your life? But yet you keep running after alcohol. You keep running after TV. You keep running after all these things. Girls, guys, oh, you're so, I need to be cool. And no, no, you are cool because the king of all kings lives in the inside of you. You are super cool. And he says to the Israelites, he says, the sons of Israel, because of their unbelief, they will be cast out into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then he says to the centurion, go your way and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. As you have believed. As you have believed. According to your faith. When we talk about faith, Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing The King James Version says, by the Word of God. ESV says, through the Word of God. So faith does not come any other way, but by the Word of God. So you can say, well, Pastor, I've been listening to messages and I am full of faith. No, you're not. Let me explain it to you. Faith comes, which means faith was somewhere. God embedded it into His Word. Faith comes by hearing the Word and hearing by the Word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God or through the Word of God. So which means faith, which was embedded in the Word of God, comes, ladies and gentlemen, and it dwells on the inside of you. When you receive, when you hear the Word for the first time, it comes and it dwells on the inside of you. And now faith or the Word of God begins to talk to you. A lot of times Christians have assumed that, oh, faith comes by hearing and hearing. I need to listen to Pastor John all day, every day. It's a good thing, not a problem, because it's the messages, it's God's word. But let me tell you something. The more word you listen to for the first time getting into your heart, now there's an entire word bank on the inside of you that's having conversations with you. You've got to understand that when God gives you a word, and I will show you, I will show this to you in, in, in the book of Jeremiah in a little bit. But when God gives you a word, He gives you a promise, like this message is this message is coming to you now. This message comes and this word comes and sits on the inside of you and it carries faith. That word faith in Greek is the word pistis. And pistis means divine persuasion. Faith actually is or means divine persuasion, which means God gives you His grace. It's a gift. It's a gift. Gift to be divinely persuaded. Like you don't need confidence. This is not like a confidence booster. My goodness, yesterday you didn't have any faith. You heard the word. Today you have full faith. Faith, there's a difference between divine persuasion and confidence in God. Faith is not confidence in God, ladies and gentlemen. Faith is a substance called divine persuasion. And so divine persuasion is God's gift for you to be divinely persuaded according to the guarantee that what God has promised will come to pass. So whatever God has spoken to you, when He gives you His word and you receive it, on the inside of that word, there is this gift called divine persuasion. You don't have to work up faith in order to believe God for a miracle or a breakthrough or a sickness to be healed. 
you need to understand that when God promises you, promises you something, that word carries in it the ability for you to be persuaded. There is no other option except God. And I'm going to hold on to that no matter what happens in my life. That divine persuasion, ladies and gentlemen, is faith. It is God's ability to influence you without you even trying. It's God's ability in you. And so now this word comes on the inside of you and the word begins to talk to you. Hey, listen, John, what do you think about me in you? What is, what is your opinion? What is your perspective of me in you? And as you begin to hear the word talking to you, now faith grows on the inside of you. So when you, we must understand what we've been taught before. And this is, this is why our church is very progressive. I love the word progressive. And we're progressive only because faith, we were taught that faith comes. So which means I need to read, I need to hear the Bible more. All the, the cost of discipleship when Jesus saw the great multitude and we keep reading the Bible thinking that we're going to grow in faith. But actually, when you look at the passage, God is giving you a promise. When you have faith, wow, this guy's faith. They had great faith. And he came to me and he spoke to me from great faith. And I was moved and according to his faith on the inside of him, now I released his breakthrough. It's a, it, ladies and gentlemen, that's the, way that, that's the way God functions. When we need a breakthrough in our life, when, we, when God has given us a promise, we're not trying hard. You must understand, this centurion would have been sitting on his horse, riding around, watching Jesus do these miracles. And every miracle, everything that Jesus would have preached, he would have just heard by passing. And th those words began to get on the inside of him. And he went on the inside of him and went on the inside of him and began to talk to him about Jesus. Began to talk to him about Jesus. Began to divinely persuade him about Jesus to a point where now a circumstance comes in his life and instead of running to his God, he was divinely persuaded to go to our God. Do you understand? He was so persuaded that he was like, listen, you don't even need to come into my house. That's what faith does. That's what the word does. It so divinely persuades you that you don't even come into a place of methodology in order to get a miracle. But you need to understand when you have faith, you can have a million dollars and nothing else. And God and faith, you receive a word on the inside of you. And that word will say, give it away because your father is your provider and you will not even think twice. You will not even question God because you have been divinely persuaded. That faith is divine persuasion. It's the ability, it's God's ability to influence you, to choose His will, to choose His guarantee. That's what faith is. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people say that they're full of faith, but there's a measure of faith on the inside of you that is given to you by God. And the way you know, the way you can gauge that you have faith is by the level of joy in the middle of the storm. When you have joy, you know that joy comes from an assurance. It comes from a guarantee that he who has promised will fulfill what he has said. Every word that God has released will accomplish everything that he has said it will do. Come on now. It's powerful. So faith comes, ladies and gentlemen, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so this centurion, we, there's so many things that we can learn from this story. And I think it's a beautiful story. And I want to recommend, I recommend that you would spend time just reading between the lines. 
know, reading about the culture, reading about the backstory, the context of everything that you read in the Word, because that's the, that's the beauty of Christ coming to you. That's the beauty of God coming to you. He's revealing His nature to you. More than just a story, He's revealing His nature, His character and His abilities. Don't just read it as a book, read it as a person. You're trying to get to know a person and that person gives some really radical promises. God has given you radical promises, church. God has released promises over your life that are mind-blowing, that are absolutely out of this world because He is out of this world. If He does not give you promises that are out of this world, then He is a small God and you have a small God. But God is a God of the impossible and He gives you promises that will never fail because He never fails. He never sleeps, He never slumbers. Come on church, He always watches over you. So good. Hebrews chapter 11 says, and verse one says, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a substance. Divine persuasion is a substance that you feel on the inside of you. It's a, it carries a weight, there's a weight to it. And that divine substance, ladies and gentlemen, is something that you need to steward. The way we, we grow that divine persuasion, the way we grow mature faith on the inside of us is when we allow circumstances and situations in our lives to come our way and not give in to them. When we choose to believe God, who God says He is, and we believe His Word and not give up on His Word, that's when we, we begin to mature. We begin to mature because we say, hey, I've got, a, I've got a treasure in this earthen vessel. I have something that is priceless. It's a promise from God. I am pregnant with the promise of God. I'm carrying, I'm expecting something awesome that God has said He's going to do in my life. I don't care if the storm comes. I don't care if there's a pandemic. I don't care if there's sickness. I don't care if there's no money. I don't care about all of those things. What I care for, and I'm going to treasure with all my heart is faith. And when we start doing that, ladies and gentlemen, we mature. And faith, God has the ability to mature faith on the inside of us. When that word that you hear begins to talk to you and you begin to talk back to it, you begin to have an encounter with that word, you have experiences with that word, you, you ask God to, to reveal more of that word to you. As the word, as you begin to hear more of that word, hearing and hearing, that's when faith the ability to be convinced, the ability to, um, uh, to be divinely persuaded, to have that guarantee begins to mature. And that's when Jesus begins to look for people. See, the Bible says that God looks throughout the earth. He looks for worshipers who may worship Him. How? In spirit. Jesus says, my word is spirit and it is life. In spirit and in truth. He's looking for people who respond to the word. Word not when Pastor John is saying something awesome and you're saying amen and typing amen. No, no, no. He's looking for people who have developed a value system of maturing, of, of allowing faith on the inside of them to grow by responding to the very word they received from God, the very promise that they received from God. As you begin to mature this word, ladies and gentlemen, 
that word that promise faith begins to cry out to Jesus not your singing is faith that begins to call out to Jesus it was faith Jesus responded to faith he's looking for faith when the son of man comes to the earth he's looking for faith i want you quickly to go to jeremiah chapter 1 And I want to read a couple of verses for you that will help you to to see this. Verses 11 and 12. Now listen to the language of the word, okay? Verse 11 says this. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying. Which means the word of the Lord visited Jeremiah like the word of the lord is visiting you right now when god spoke a word that word is a divine being that went to jeremiah and began to have a conversation with jeremiah come on man that is powerful wow <laughs> that is amazing <laughs> sorry i just got taken into another place <laughs> and then he says this Jeremiah what do you see The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and asked Jeremiah a question what do you see He's not asking Jeremiah Jeremiah what do you see out there What what do you see do you see any fish in the in the in the sea what about those mountains Jeremiah what do you see He's asking Jeremiah when the word of the Lord came to him he's asking Jeremiah what do you see what do you see in me What do you see me as, Jeremiah? The word of the Lord came to me and he says, "What do you see?" And Jeremiah says this, "I see a branch of an almond tree." So the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah came to him as an almond branch. And that almond branch began to speak to him. It's a seed, ladies and gentlemen. And 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 I said, "I see a branch of an almond tree." Then the Lord said to me, "You have seen well." for i am ready to perform my word hold on a minute you have to read this in the in the esv in the in the esv version of the bible it says this and the lord said to me you have seen well for i am watching over my word to perform it This is divine. Listen gentlemen, if you love the word of God, you know this is like eating into a steak right now. The word comes to him and he's having a conversation with the guy. This is super mystical, man. This is amazing. The word comes to him and says, "Jeremiah, what do you see?" And Jeremiah says, "Ha, I see a branch of an almond tree." Wow, Jeremiah, you have seen me well. Now, uh, Jeremiah, I am watching over my word to perform it, which means every time God gives you a word, he's not watching you and what you do with it, he's watching what the word does to you. Powerful. He's watching what the word does with you and the Bible says this in the fullness of time. Jesus came. God sent Jesus into the world. in the form of flesh 
under the law. Why? With the purpose of adoption of the sons of God. If you read it, you know, you know in the Bible, there's a verse, actually I'll tell you right now. In Galatians 4.4, it says this, when the fullness, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so we might receive adoption as sons. So what, what, is, what is happening to Jeremiah right now? What is the word actually doing? So the word comes to Jeremiah. He, he's, the word is coming to you. And now God is watching what the word does to you. The word is now having a conversation. He's having a conversation with Jeremiah and saying, Jeremiah, what do you see me as? So when you receive the word, what do you see on the inside of you? What do you see the word as? Is it just another word? Is it another message? Is it just like another movie? You watch something on TV? Is it, is it something or you actually received something, a word that you can see? And so uh, Jeremiah is, is a prophet who is a seer as well and God is training him to see. But what do you see, Jeremiah? Are you looking at a billboard and you're, you're trying to interpret a billboard or are you looking at the word, the spoken word and interpreting the word? See, the interpretation of the word is the responsibility of the word. You should interpret scripture by scripture, not by scripture by your interpretation. See, we must understand that when we receive the word of God on the inside of us, the word begins to reveal itself just like the storm, just like your circumstance, just like your situation. It's come to you and revealing, ah, look at what I'm going to do. My name is coronavirus. Oh. I'm going to kill everybody and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to destroy economies and everybody that believes him comes under that. But God does exactly the same thing. In fact, coronavirus was mimicking God but having an evil intention. But you must understand what, what is happening with Jeremiah and it's the same thing that happens with us. When we receive the word of God, that word begins to have a conversation with you and saying, John, what do you see? What? you see me as? Who do you think I am? What is my identity in you? And then John begins to say, Oh God, I'm seeing you as a gemstone on the inside of me. Well done, John. You've seen well. Wow. And John walks away going, Wow, man, I saw God as a gemstone. God is going to give me some diamonds. Come on, hallelujah. I'm absolutely convinced now. I'm walked away and I'm so convinced now. I'm, I'm, I'm so persuaded by God that nobody has to give me a prophetic word. Nobody has to give me a promise. Nobody has to tell me, I'm a John, you're going to get a million dollars. Oh, wow, I know God told me. I, he's on the inside of that million dollars is sitting on the inside of me. You don't understand. And I'm having a conversation with that million dollars. I'm saying, hey, listen, when are you going to come, man? When, when is it going to happen? And he's saying, hold on a minute, in the fullness of time. What's the fullness of time, ladies and gentlemen? It is when the word of God, which was spoken to Abraham, matured. If you read Galatians chapter 3, it says, Abraham, the promise that was given to Abraham was about all the nations being blessed by God. All the nations will be blessed, which means Gentiles and Jews. And so it was in the fullness of time. It was when the, when the word was matured, when faith was matured on the inside of, 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 of Abraham or Abraham's seed that Jesus came into the world. So which means when we receive the word of God, we go through a maturing process. We, go, we are matured by circumstances and situations, by overcoming them. But the word of God, is the faith is matured, it grows, the measure increases by interacting with us. 
Faith is not matured by you doing miracle signs and wonders. That's the outcome of matured faith. But when we understand what faith is all about, faith, I'm divinely persuaded, man. You don't have to convince me that God is good. God told me himself. And guess what? He gave me the gift to be divinely persuaded. I don't need anything. I don't need anybody to convince me. But that's a grace gift. That's who, how awesome is our God. That's what he's doing to you today. That's what he's doing to you right now. He is watching over his word to perform it. He's watching over his word. He's waiting for that word to mature so that, ah, I'm ready. Is John mature to handle that word? Not yet. Okay, let, let's, let's take him through another one. Let's take him to another round. Another one, another one. Okay, cool. Is he ready now? Oh, no, no, not yet. Okay, when? Okay, I'm ready to perform it. I'm ready to perform it. Come on, word, mature him, mature him. Mature Life Church Global, mature them, mature them. Come on, give them more word. Come on, speak to them, speak to them, speak to them. Don't worry about new revelation. The same revelation will transform them. The same revelation will increase their faith. Same revelation will increase your faith, NCC. And when the fullness of time comes, now God is like, ah, I'm ready. I'm ready to reveal myself to Him. I'm ready to reveal myself to them. Let me perform. Let me fulfill the promise that I gave them. How many promises have we received from God? How many prophetic words have we received from God? Have we spoken to the words we've received? How do those words have conversations with us? How are we maturing? How are, is the word maturing in us? How is faith maturing on the inside of us? See, God doesn't need you to mature faith. He does it on His own. But are you allowing yourself, are you giving yourself space and time to have that interaction with God's Word? Are you so busy with the kids that you are so tired that you can't hear God's voice? Are you so busy with building a career that can fade in in a moment of a pandemic that you're willing to let go of the one who is able to change everything in an instant? Are you able to give up on a God who says, I can save a nation in a day? Can a nation, he's asking you the question, can a nation be saved in a day? Oh my God, nothing is impossible with God, of course. Are we so caught up with what's happening in this world that when God comes, he doesn't hear faith, but he's hearing what the Prince of the world has to say. Are we so caught up in our lifestyle that the, that the language of faith, the language of God, the Word of God is so silent on the inside of us. See the Holy Spirit. I remember Benny Hinn saying this one time. He said the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will never force himself on you. And while you're listening to this right now, I really believe the, the wind of the Holy Spirit is just blowing over you right now. 
He's bringing you into that place of first love. He's bringing you into this moment of, wow, God, thank you for loving me and not giving up on me. Even though I, I got busy, even though I got like so super tied up with church and ministry and, and all of these things and marriage and marriage counseling and healing people and, and trying to save the world, you never give up on me. You're still there on the inside waiting to have a conversation, to have those moments of peace and quiet and rest where you and I can interact with one another so that faith can grow and I can perform what I promised you. I, I, I want to do it for you. I want to give you that miracle. I want to give you that breakthrough. But I also want you to mature. I also want you to, to actually have a relationship with me. Can we, can we have a relationship together? Can we not make it about church? Can we not make it about, about meetings? About like, oh God, I have to dress up and go for life group. Oh, I wish we had church. Church was way better. Everybody was in the room and I would get my booster every Friday. And you know, you can get a booster every Friday and by Saturday it's all gone out. Or you can build your own ark. But it's such an honor for me to bring God's word to you today. I believe that you are blessed by the truth of God's word. I believe that your life is turned upside down and I am happy that it has turned upside down. It has challenged you, but it has also encouraged you. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to serve you today. Life Church Global, Kelsey and I have missed you. We have missed interacting with you, but you have always been on our heart. We have watched you. We have watched over you. We've watched all the messages. We've watched all the interaction and we've been praying. We've been praying for you. We've been standing in the gap for you. But I do believe that this message is going to set you apart. This message is anointed by God and it will bring a breakthrough in your life. Get ready, church. The glory is coming. We bless you in Jesus' name.